Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Howdy, howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is August 8th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Clark. And uh, if you gave the Where to Hunt podcast a rating from the last episode, thank you. And if you haven't, it really mean a lot to me if you could do that. Uh, I love the feedback. It definitely keeps me going. And if it's bad feedback or like if you're saying something negative, um, you know, that's a, an opportunity for me to make some changes and adjustments and improve. So that way, maybe you will like it. Um, but that being said, on today's show, I bring on guest Dave DeRussia of Common Hunter, which is uh, an online um, retailer of some really cool different product uh, products that um, if you buy through them, they go direct to consumers. So you actually end up saving a ton of money on some of the products that might cost uh, a substantial amount of money if you go elsewhere, like a big retail store or something to that effect. So that being said, I'm no expert on the Common Hunter's products, but uh, Dave is. So we're going to go ahead and bring him on right now. All right. So howdy, howdy. And uh, we have with us a guest today, Dave. I'm very happy that I I rehearsed your name in my head for two seconds here. So DeRussia, Dave DeRussia. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? Yes. Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Heck yeah. And just for those of you uh, tuning in here today, Dave is um, co-founder of Common Hunter, and we're going to kind of unravel what that's all about and how that can help you as a public land hunter. But we'll kind of start with some of the basics, right? Yeah, sounds good to me here. Cool. So how? Let, let's kind of just start off with you know who you are, um, where are you from, what do you like to hunt, where do you hunt traditionally, like... Tell us about a little, a little bit of your hunting background. Yeah, no problem. Um, I was born and raised in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan um, on the eastern side of the UP, as us Michiganders refer to it. I think from Wisconsin, you guys also refer to it as the UP. Right. Um, but for a lot of people that don't live in Michigan or Wisconsin, uh, they don't know what the UP is. Um, but it's the other Upper Peninsula of Michigan, I was born and raised up there, graduated high school uh, from a very small school, and then uh, moved downstate to further my education at college, um, and then ended up graduating from college and uh, worked in sales jobs, and then I got into uh, uh, co-founding Common Hunter. Rock on. So how, I, get, I want to back up for two How big was the school that you graduated from? You said it was a small school? Yeah, so I graduated 22 kids. Um, we had total like, for your class. Say, yeah, my wow. class was 22. Wow. 
we had, I think, like 85 kids in the whole high school at the time. And the whole school, I mean, the, the building uh, was kindergarten to 12th grade. So everybody went to the same school, whether you're in elementary, junior high, or high school. So everybody knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, I had a lot of relatives, uh, so I was related to a lot of people in the school. I mean, everybody knew everybody. And it was it was cool. I, I mean, I look back and I, I missed out on a lot of opportunities um, that bigger schools could offer. But I look back and the things that we did in high school and, and junior high is, is stuff that kids never get to do because we were in the UP and we were at such a small school. So I wouldn't I would never change it for anything. That's pretty cool, man. That's a different world for sure. You know, that kind of. I guess growing up in that kind of environment, you're you're doing probably a lot more stuff outside than than most that are going to be in the I don't want to say inner city but suburbs things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, story, quick story. Uh, it was my senior year, and and uh, we found we heard like at sixth hour there was a bear in the school forest. And, uh, we had the school owned like eighty acres, and uh, so of course we all skipped seventh hour. And we took out there with our old 95 Rangers, and we beat up and down the two tracks trying to find this bear. But, of course, you know, we never found it. But, you know, we did stuff like that that wasn't, uh, I, you know, wasn't what you think you'd skip school for, but that's what we did in the UP. That's cool. That is that is unique and different and well worth it. That's the kind of stuff that you certainly don't get elsewhere, at least not that I'm aware of, not where I went. Which I'm envious of. Yeah, <laughs> I would have loved to stay any school <laughs> yeah, outside, yeah. especially hunting for bear. Not hunting literally, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, trying to figure out where the heck the thing yes. is. That's cool. So, and then, so now you're on to you're on to kind of. So you graduated from college. Uh, you had some sales positions, and at some point, you had some unrest, and you're like, you know, is there a better way to do what's happening with Common Hunter? So let's let's talk about. We'll get into the story of how you got into it um, a little bit, but we could probably start with just kind of what it is first and then and then work from mm -hmm. there yeah so uh common hunter was started um be the 2016 summer of 2016 so this will be our third fall um and what it is is we we wanted to come out we, you know me and my partner nick thompson um started the company and and we wanted to come out with affordable hunting products for the common hunter and as we stand today, we have 13 products out there for the common hunter. We wanted to come out with quality products that were affordable and that were relatable to the average hunter, the average Joe that hunted, um, which is why we came with the common hunter. And the reason common hunter became our name, which I was against at first, um, because I thought it was kind of cheesy and I didn't think it'd be relatable, but uh, obviously it's been great name to, uh, to have as a company's name. And, it just that's what we are um you know we weren't we weren't raised in uh we were raised in, in you know blue collar homes and uh i have you know i have four siblings nick had three siblings so uh you know we didn't have a lot of money um so we were hunting public land and getting out whenever we can and we didn't know anything other than being a common hunter and working hard and, and hunting hard so the some of the so your focus really is around like public land hunting more so than private land is that, that sounds accurate right yeah that's very accurate yep um you know as i get older i don't even i, mean, I am sure one day i'll i'll uh, get to the point where i want to um purchase my own piece of property but for right now i, I mean i'm 90 i'd say 99 percent public land 
I rarely hunt private. When I do it, I'm typically hunting with a younger uh, brother or a niece or nephew and taking them out and, and hunting with them. But uh, I enjoy public land. I wouldn't say I'm very good at it. <laughs> yeah, I say a lot. I say that uh, too. <laughs> I enjoy the, yeah, I, I enjoy the challenge of getting out there. And, and it's a year-round thing, man, trying to trying to keep up and stay away from people and work your way through the mess of public land. And, and as soon as you think you got something good, it's gone. You know, someone else moves. Yeah, it really can so, be, which is why, yeah, let's say, which is why, like, having good tools to help kind of improve, I don't want to say improve the experience, but improve your success or odds of at least seeing a deer, you know, among all the, the, the crowded hunting that exists on public land. It's just tougher. It's a tougher thing. So if, if there's anything I can use to, I don't know, increase my odds to see a deer or shoot a deer or whatever, like I'm all for it to some degree, you know, cause mm-hmm. I can't break the bank. So I think yeah. you hit on a pretty good niche here is that, you know, common hunter, we come from a working class family, you know, we don't have a lot of money. That's something that, you know, by and large, I'm not saying we're not poor, but, you know, well, I guess the one thing we do spend our money on those hunters is, uh, or is like, you know, working class fellas is hunting stuff. That's the one thing we'll justify all sorts of money. Like, yeah. Definitely. I probably don't need a thousand dollar bow, but watch me justify that. No problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll keep driving oh, my better car yeah. so I can go get that bow or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, you keep wearing the same blue jeans you've had for six years. But your camouflage is on point. You're wearing some, <laughs> potentially, not yeah. all of us, but, you know, like, there are certain things that we buy as hunters that, oh, well, this might help, right? I don't, I don't even know. I've never used this before. That's funny. Yeah. The impulse buys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to uh, Deer Fest this weekend here in Wisconsin, and I'm sure there's going to be a couple impulse buys. But I do have a hunting budget, so... Thanks, Dave Ramsey, for that. Did your wife set that, or did you set that? Yeah, I set it, you know, um, but <laughs> it doesn't mean I won't go over. That's the problem. <laughs> and I'll adjust that. Oh, I need this. I need these. You know, this. My dog chewed my boots um, last year, my hunting boots. And, like, it took me oh, a yeah. day to go and buy a brand-new pair. And my wife's like, was that actually necessary? I'm like, well, yeah, I need new boots. You, you chewed them. What was I supposed to do? Wait? <laughs> it's <laughs> time-consuming, um, when you're when you're uh, you know looking for the right boot or whatever you know when you when it's an over hundred dollar purchase it's like you want to review stuff and put the time in to make sure you're getting the right product so yeah. I get that yeah so you do have a website so let me start there a little bit too so you have commonhunter.com you guys are on Facebook I think everybody is common hunter you're also on Instagram I think that's where I found you common underscore hunter. I, I think some, some of your stuff came across uh, or we like similar pages or, or something to that effect. And, um, you know, speaking of your website and reviews and research, do you guys have um, reviews or is that something that you're going to be deploying soon if you don't? As in reviews on the website? Yeah, like reviews on some of the products. Yeah, so um, most of our reviews uh, you can find, like, so we're direct-to-consumer. So we are in a few archery stores across the Midwest, very few. Um, okay. But we're, we're, we're mainly direct-to-consumer. So we're Amazon platform, eBay platform, and then a direct off our website. So a lot of reviews come from Amazon. We don't have a review set up on our, new, on our website now. Uh, we're releasing a new website here in the next couple of weeks uh, that we'll be able to have reviews on. Or you can you know, rate the product and talk about you know, what you liked it for, what you didn't like it for, uh, and so forth. That's awesome. I mean, so like, 
as a guy that puts in, in a lot of us, right? Like when we buy hunting products, we research the hell out of it. And, you know, those reviews yeah. are pretty powerful for that reason. Um, Correct. Yeah. And it sounds like you're, you're on, you're getting a new site. I know you and I talked about that a little before I hit the record button, but um, I'm excited to see your new site. I don't think you're, you're the one that you guys have is terrible per se or anything like that, especially for a couple of guys um, that spend more time in the woods than they do in front of a computer. I think it looks good. I think you guys did a good job for what you have at the moment. I'm excited to see what it looks like going forward. Yeah. The, uh, the website we currently have uh, was built mainly by my partner, Nick. Um, he, he was kind of the man behind this, this whole operation here uh, on the uh, website. And I, I, you know, I did what I could uh, being a, being from the UP or known as a youper. Um, <laughs> I don't like to be tech savvy. Yeah. Um, I just don't like it. I don't want to learn it, but you know, you have to, uh, but you know, he built a website. I, I did a few things here and there. Um, you know, and to this day, I'm still using a Dell Inspiron from 2011 that I'm basically running this business from. I still so I don't think have I... like this. Yeah, I don't have this. It's been through three different hard drives. I've uh, got over like 15,000 trail cam photos on there <laughs> since 08 that I've oh, saved. Man. I've gone through three hard drives and uh, the thing cannot die. But um, I don't have like a big fancy Apple computer set up. Um, so I just... That stuff doesn't bring value to my life. I, I'm a simple guy. Um, this computer does everything I need it to do, and, and so, I, so I stay with it. Now, Nick's a little bit more tech-savvy than me. Well, that's good that you have that partnership where he can focus on some of that stuff. That's that's not a bad thing. It took me a no, yeah. It's... I work for a tech company, and I, you know, I'm in marketing, blah, blah, blah. And for, I, so I worked for a web marketing company for like I don't know, eight or ten years or whatever it was, and I didn't own a computer almost... Um, I think for my first seven years employed there until my last year, I finally bought one because I was in front of a computer wow. all day and I'm like, man, I'm just not going home to one of these damn things. So I didn't. And uh, yeah. people were like, what do you mean you don't have a computer? I'm like, well, first of all, we have smartphones, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but additionally, I just don't want to deal with yep. it, you know? Yeah, it's tough, man. It's, you know, it's all part of business and it's, I mean, I would rather be outside every night, um, you know, working in the yard or doing something other than sitting on a computer, but that is my life right now. And, and that's what I'm willing to, that's what I'm, that's what I do. Um, you know, cause I got dreams and goals I want to achieve. So. It's cool, man. Um, my cat is meowing in the background. That's pretty professional for this podcast. So excuse me. <laughs> totally distracting. I'm trying to get my shirt up. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the products you have on here. So I'm looking at, at one of your products right now, um, the Eliminator 03, the ozone purification system. Now, I learned about that, Correct. you know, not that long ago, probably in the last year or two or so, somewhere in there. Um, you know, one of the big, there's a couple of big names in that space. So maybe let's talk about that, yes. start there, and, and, and you'll kind of dive into some of the other things you're doing too. Yeah, so, um, you know, what we, what we kind of did with the ozone technology is we wanted to come out with a unit that's affordable. Uh, you know, we saw the market shift. Um, you know, the, the ozone air purification has been out uh, for years. Uh, you know, I think it started in the construction industry and it's now moved into the hunting industry. And, you know, now it's moved into a bunch of different industries on what it can do. So, you know, we kind of watched the market for a couple of years and, and, and thought, man, there is room here to come out with an affordable ozone unit for the common hunter, for the average hunter. Um, and that's just what we did is uh, we came out with a, with an ozone unit that is the uh, industry standard, the 500 milligrams an hour flow rate. 
that's as similar to any other competitor on the market. Um, it removes all your scent from your hunting gear and just, I mean, if it's in a tote, five minutes, 10 minutes at the most, um, it has a 12 volt plug-in, uh, 12 volt for your auto, for your car, your truck, and also has 120 volt for your house plug-in. So it works just as good, if, right, as any of the major brands, but it's selling for a, a whole lot less, half the price? Correct. Yeah, it's, uh, we sell it, we have it on our website at $75, Amazon 75, eBay at 75. Um, so yeah, it's about, you know, we like to say same unit, half the price. Um, but it's obviously not the same unit, similar unit, half the price. Uh, what we kind of did to make it different is the settings and stuff in it are different. Uh, it's, you know, it has slow rate, so it can stay on for 10 minutes and then shut down for half hour, come back on for okay. 10 minutes. Um, so different things like that. We, you know, I would say that what we, uh, do it, what, what this one does, and we tested the competitors on the market is you're going to get, um, the same exact performance out of this unit as you will with any other competitor on the market. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that you guys aren't spending, you know, buku bucks on advertising and marketing and, you know, have every, nook and cranny of anything you're dealing with branded like crazy not to say that you shouldn't do that right but um for those reasons i suspect you're able to cut a lot of costs that way and if they're the ones kind of paving the way and getting the word out there about that technology you show up as an alternative option on amazon i don't even know if they're even selling on amazon to be honest so that's one leg up in my opinion and the fact that you can save mm -hmm. this is the kind of stuff that you know as a, as a guy that does this podcast and you know the word on podcast this is one of the reasons i love doing this because we've just identified a way to save people half of their budget on something that is all the hype, but actually is effective and Correct. works. And now you don't have to, you don't have to Correct. think you're wasting your money on something. Not say that it's a waste on the other stuff by any means. I'm not dissing the other people. I'm just saying like for half the freaking money, you get the same results, you know? So maybe yeah. you take, you know, a left turn rather than a right turn, but if you get to the same destination and your clothes are sent free, that's awesome. That's a great thing that you're, yeah. that you're doing. So is that the same kind of model yeah, you're taking to some of your other products too, is just kind of cutting costs um, against some of the competitive brands that are out there and still providing, you know, great products. I mean, that's kind of, that's awesome. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So like with our ozone unit, it's very simple. It's just white. It's got a, our common hunter logo on the front and you're going to get it in a fancy box. You're not going to get it. It's not going to be in a fan. The, the, the ozone unit's not itself is going to be fancy. It's just basically white. It gets shipped to you in a white box. You know, after you get it in the mail anyways, it's not like it's on a shelf. So yeah, it direct to consumer, yeah. we can control costs a lot more um, because we don't put it in a fancy box. So we can save costs on that. And uh, you get it, and what do you do with the box anyways? You throw it away. So, you know, what's the point of that? Would somebody rather pay an extra $50 for a fancy box and a fancy ozone unit or for a basic white one and a basic box? Uh, when we are a common hunter, you know, you're trying to raise a family, kids on a budget you know this is definitely the way to go and this is the way we relate to those types of guys i love it man i love it um if people aren't buying your stuff so after like, listening to this if, if of the people that we do reach i really do anticipate some sort of spike for you because if you can get this stuff for half the price and just have it shipped right to your home and the difference is it's not branded with xyz company or it's not in some fancy box you know, that's most of the people in this industry that are hunters anyways. You know, most of us don't care Correct. about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I and I get why they have, you know, they got to have, for if you're selling on retail and you're fighting for retail yeah, space, I different. get all that. Yep. Like, I 
get that you have to have fancy boxes and flashy this and that um, to 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 gain some of that market share. But on direct to consumers, I mean, you know, you you probably order stuff online. How many times you get stuff, and is it in a fancy box or not? It's, most of the time, it's not. It's, they know that what happens is when you get it, you just pitch the box and you start using the product. Yep, but they got to get your attention in those aisles at those big box, you know, sporting goods stores Correct. because there's, it's just loud. There's all sorts of stuff begging for your attention and, and you know, looking for your wallet share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're absolutely but right. That's just yeah. how it goes. What else do you guys got? So when we started the company, one of our first products was the Android Trail Cam Viewer. Um, now, I don't know this for sure, but I believe we were the second one in the market with uh, the first ever trail cam viewers. And then we came out with the original one, and then we came out with an updated uh, Android trail cam viewer. And then about three, four months later, we came out with the iPhone trail cam viewer. Um, so now we have an array assortment of iPhone trail cam viewers with the lightning port or the iFlash that uses uh, an external app to view your pictures as well as we got multiple different Android trail camera viewers. We have the brand new USB type C. So all the guys that have the galaxy, uh, I'm an iPhone guy, so don't quote me on this, but I believe it's the Samsung S8 as well as some other newer Android phones. They all take the type C port um, in their Androids. We have that in uh, the, the cool part with our trail cam viewers over a lot of the other ones on the market. Um, you know, they're a dime a dozen now. Everyone's coming out with them. And we hear from customers over and over again that uh, our, our Trocan viewers are reliable, they're dependable, and they transfer data a lot faster than anyone else on the, or anyone else on the market. So a lot of times when customers plug that unit into their phone, that Trocan reviewer into their phone, they got 600, 700, 800 photos. It takes, oh my gosh, it takes yeah. time for those to transfer over into their phone so they can view them. Uh, a lot of times if you rush that and you're swiping through the photos, what happens is it locks up and then nothing happens. They got to check out, they got to back out, they got to unplug. So now you have a worse problem than what you're trying to do to, to make your life easier. You've now made it difficult again, if not potentially more difficult than it would have been otherwise. Correct. Yeah. And, and so, you know, especially if you're at picture 250 and you weren't paying attention to what number of picture you're at, now you're back to figuring out where in the heck you were at. And going back through all those photos, um, so you know our Android Trail Cam viewer, you know, is a great choice for guys that use the uh, the newer Type Cs or the regular Androids. And then our iFlash device that uses the external app will actually allow you to watch videos on there, and it transfers data a lot faster than any of our competitors. You are more technical than I think you think you are. Uh, I didn't even Nick know what Type C Android Nick, is. Yeah. I didn't know what that was. I'm looking at it on your site. I'm like, what the heck is that? That's because I'm an iPhone guy, so I'm I'm out of that world. And it's okay. You, yeah, you supersede me now. <laughs> yeah, Nick is uh, Nick would do a lot better job explaining this, but he couldn't make it on tonight. So, um, but he's a lot more technical um, than me with all these products. So that's awesome. So it actually is faster. That's great. I mean, so that's one of those things as a public land hunter I haven't been able to fully you know, overcome, which is sticking trail ca trail cameras in the woods on public property, full well knowing that I'm like, I know there's bad eggs out there, bad actors that'll, you know, theft is a real problem, right? And mm -hmm. I don't know, some of it's for the reason people want the trail cam, but then it's like, well, if you're hunting public land, like, what do you think is going to happen to you? So you think the golden rule would, would prevail there, but it doesn't. 
And then additionally, you got yeah. the guys that, you know, are like, I don't know. I think they're like, aggressive is not the right word, but they're being defensive. Like if I take this down, I'm ruining their odds and, and I'm getting, I'm increasing my odds because I'm making it harder for them. Right. I've taken something away from them. Like I'm tearing down your building rather than just building the tallest building. Like that's just not the right way to do it. But that being said, you know, all that being is something that you have to overcome. If you're a public land hunter, you're yeah. adding one layer of making it easier. So if I get past all that other garbage, right now, I can at least go out there and yep. make my stuff faster, more reliably. I'm not taking more trips when I need to, because it didn't work or whatever. Um, that's pretty cool. And not to mention you're doing it for typically less expensive than others. Yeah. I'm going to tell people, but we're not the cheapest on the market and we'll never will be in our trail cam viewers because, um, you know, we want to offer a better product to our consumers. And I think $25 for an iPhone trail cam viewer is a fair price, um, for someone that's the amount of value they're going to get out of it in deer season. For example, last year, is what I use the trail cam viewers for a lot is, is to make decisions during the season, not so much off season. Off season, I, I don't use, I, I rarely use in the off season other than to save photos to my camera. I go in, I check all my cameras, I swap them out, I put them in my computer, save them on my computer, then I can track them, look, go back and look at them. But during the season on public land, uh, I was hunting the upper peninsula of Michigan last year during gun season. I, I'm not a big gun hunter, but I was up there during Thanksgiving. And I had a it was like a two and a half year old eight point. Um, and he was a shooter to me. We don't have a lot of deer up there. It's tough hunting. And I had five trail cameras set up within probably 400 yards of each other. Cause there's this buck was cruising this area. I had him on scrapes and coming through on the 20th. I had dog and does on like the 20, I think third. And then I was up to the 25th or the 28th. And so I had three days to hunt and, uh, I had my lone wolf hanging hunts, and I went there and hung and I uh, went in there and hung the stand up, hunted it. The one night I hunted off the ground at a different spot, but every day I check all those five cameras because he was coming through that area, but I didn't know where. And hmm. hunting the big woods of the Upper Peninsula, you can't. It's so hard to pattern a deer because there's so many different elements that go into the game, such as wolves, coyotes, um, you know, pressure from other hunters. And it just seems really hard to, to locate where a big buck is betting all the time. Um, so I would go in. And so finally, the last night I was going in for the hunt and I pulled a camera and that, and that buck skirted me 300 yards the night before at 455, <laughs> skirted the edge of me about 300 yards from where I was sitting. So do I know he was there or not? But so what did I do that night? I was like, oh. I pulled out, I moved my stand, sat exactly where I caught him on that trail camera. I never did have seen him. But that was if I didn't do that, if I didn't have that viewer, I wouldn't have made that decision. And I think you're stacking the odds in your favor when you have a viewer and you're checking your camera on the spot like that to hang there instead of hunt on the other side. That's pretty cool, man. You know, there's there's all sorts of ways to try to get edge ups and, and make the most of your of your hunt and you know, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, a kill is an equal success in hunting, although obviously that's a big part of it. You know, there's a lot of other things yes. that go into it, like something like that that you learned. You said, you know, I never didn't I didn't end up seeing him. But the the intel that you gain from having that tech with you out there um, really kind of help put you in a much stronger position to to increase your odds to see that buck. And additionally, learn about what was actually happening and taking place. If he's skirting around you, you, you wouldn't have known that otherwise. That's pretty cool. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And and 
No, it's it's all about just stacking the odds in your favor. And, you know, sometimes those odds pay off, sometimes they don't. And yep. if you can stack as many odds in your favor as you can, you're, you're eventually going to catch up to a good one. Yeah, yeah, especially when you stick with it, right? You continue to, to kind of trudge on because it can get defeating after a while. <laughs> trying to chase the, trying to, I talked to, uh, absolutely. You know, um, one of the guys here in Wisconsin, Dan Infault, I think on one of the shows with him, we were talking about that, like, oh, yeah. You know, you can, once you go from what you're comfortable, and this is true with anything, like, it doesn't even deer hunting, like, if you're comfortable doing something a certain way and you have mediocre results, you know, you could continue doing that. But when you try to make that leap from mediocre to exceptional and you're going from hunting, you know, you know, one and a half, two year old bucks to, you know, three and a half, you know, plus or whatever, like big, big deer, yeah. big animals, you know, your, your odds of seeing that animal are going to dramatically decrease and your efforts are going to dramatically increase. And there's a lot of defeat <clears throat> in that equation that could exist if you don't stick with it. So stacking the odds in your favor, make a lot of, I mean, using things like this are really helpful. I'm just I'm obsessed with the fact that you've been able to recreate the ozone stuff for half the price. Like I can't get over that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, me and Nick debated on that for a while because at first I didn't think it was a good idea coming to the market with it, because um, it's a high dollar product, and, and I, you know, but he ended up convincing me and we did it. And uh, looking back now, I'm glad we did because it, it's a good investment, and, and I think you know we're helping hunters. I was gonna say you're adding America. value to to hunters, and you're you're really helping Correct. them out. It's, you know, like. It with and again, I like I just not I, I can't say enough. I'm not bashing other stuff. Like the technology itself is what you're after, but if you don't need the brand to go along with it, cool. There's an alternative option because it's a it's a free market, right? Like it's a free market economy. You can they can have competition. Yep. It's all good. There's enough there's enough for everybody. And if you're undercutting them to go direct to consumer and that's not a, a space they're playing in, it's just so freaking cool to see that. Um well, I, I appreciate suck, that, man. Dude, I suck at reading the wind so bad. I don't know what my deal is with it. You know, it's part of the, part of the problem is that like <laughs> half the time you're hunting so many new public land properties that I don't actually have a good read on where the beds are. And, you know, yeah. it's like the, the more I can decrease my scent, the more confident I feel, at least at the very minimum. But it, it does make a difference. And that's why I like that product yeah. a lot, because I think it works. And I think it's just one of those things where it's even if it doesn't, it's still stacking the eyes in your favor a little bit more. You can go to other extreme measures. You don't need that tech where you could just. I knew a buddy that would put his hunting clothes in a garbage bag full of leaves year round, um, wouldn't come into the house, <laughs> you know, it was like sacred, da da da. Oh, yeah. He'd rip it out at the end, you know, next year and he'd smell like, oh, yeah, it smells like dirt. And yeah, that's great. That, that's definitely <laughs> effective. But if you don't want to go to those extreme measures, you could do something a little bit simpler, right? You buy the thing for $75 and uh, you throw it in a bin and, you know. Yes. It's pretty close, right? And then you can still do like other Yeah, and it's going to last you a long time, too. It's not like it's a one-year-and-done thing. You know, you take care of that unit, and you store it in the right places, and you don't beat it around. That thing's going to last you a long time. Yeah. Now, I will say that as much as ozone eliminates the scent, there is, like, some sort of smell that I notice with ozone. Yes. yes. I don't know how there to is. And there's some, there's some, well, there's some, they say it's just like a fresh rain. Yeah, that's, when you have a fresh rain, that's probably that's, that's ozone in the air. A very potent um, fresh but, rain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are some health risks though. That I mean, you don't want to be stuck in a room with it. Yep. Um, you know, we clearly explain that in, in, in the directions on it, but um, you know, you got to be careful with it. And as long as as long as you're in a well ventilated area, you know, there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, that's cool. Do you have any other? Um... I mean, we talked about a couple of products. Are there any that you're really excited about or that are coming out soon that you can talk about? Or you know, I don't want to press you for anything you're yeah. ready to say, but if you've got some things under the hood, let's let's take a look. 
Yeah, so uh, we came out with a product. Well, we're going to be coming out with it here soon, and it's already out on Amazon, eBay. You can purchase it on Amazon, eBay. It's not listed on our website yet because we are uh, releasing our new website soon. Uh, but a product that we, uh, uh, I wouldn't say, say kind of developed, but tested and tweaked and made a bunch of changes to it is uh, the Assassin Rat by Common Hunter. Um, so this is a product that we tested. Uh, we wanted to come up with it like two years ago when we first started. Nick came up with a good idea. He's like, man, this, we need something to silence out on our stands, our sticks, all our hunting gear when we're trying to sneak into that public land and get as close as we can to where we feel the deer are bedded. And then you're hanging up your lone wolf or whatever stand you have for your hanging hunt. Uh, you know, you want to try to keep that metal-to-metal contact as quiet as possible. So we kept ordering all these prototypes and, and getting these prototypes. We tested them and tested them. We just didn't find anything we liked. And then finally, um, we got a prototype, and, and Nick was like, Dave, this is it. And I'm like, you sure? And he's like, this is it. And I said, all right, I'm wrapping all my tree stands. So I wrapped all my tree stands. This would be September of last year, just over a year ago. And um, I wrapped all my tree stands. I wrapped all my sticks, and I tested them all last year. And uh, after, like, the first month of testing it in the rain, um, outside, uh, hanging and hunting all the time, the wear and tear, uh, product performed great. And so um, we placed an order their manufacturer and got it coming. And um, so now we have coming to the market for the fall 2018 is the Common Hunter Assassin Wrap. That's cool. That's cool. Are there other products like that on the market that you think you'd be competing with or anything like that, that, you know, yours is better than or equal to, or maybe it's another one that's like lower price points or what have you? Yeah, so there are multiple I think as far as I know, there's two other competitors on the market um, for this. The cool part about our product is ours is a micro suede wrap with a strong adhesive backing. So you'll never have to worry about this coming off your stand. You know, typically you get, you get wraps and what happens after a year is they get the corners start to pull like decals on trucks and, you know, trailers, people with decals that your corners start to pull moisture gets behind there. Um, with this assassin wrap, I haven't had a corner try to pull yet. And the other cool thing about this is it's two inches by 23 feet long. So it comes in one single roll where a lot of the other ones on the market, they have actual strips that you got to cut into and they're designed for each, um, for each certain tree stand or stick. And, and I've, I've purchased those before and they work great. Um, but ours, you can control it the way you want. So you can cut it down, you can cut it in half, you can tweak it any which way you want. Um, and it gives you, you know, 23 feet by 20 by two inches. And I think the list price on it's like 2499. Uh, we'll probably run a bunch of specials on it when we get the new website out for like 1799. That's cool. So 17 for 23 feet. Yeah, we have, uh, I believe the video is on YouTube. Um, we did a, uh, expo this year and, uh, we wrapped some sticks and we were showing, um, customers as they were walking by and uh we took had two lone wolf sticks there we were banging them together <laughs> and uh significant difference in noise um i believe it from being wrapped and not being wrapped yeah i believe it that's cool i mean silencing your gear is a is a there's a lot of ways to try to do that and this seems like an easier one kind of a no-brainer that's another public land thing you do with private land you have the luxury in most cases to have you know, ladder stands or stands that are just there Correct. all the time in known spots that aren't going to be tinkered with as long as you don't have people trespassing. And then 
you know, they have four wheelers and gators and you can do all that on private land. Um, public land, not so much, right? We, we carry our stands in. Yeah. Um, typically, by and large, every single hunt, you know, unless it's a day hunt and you're coming out for lunch, you leave your stand usually and then you go back out. But at the end of that day, at the end of that hunt, um, most people, as far as I'm aware, are taking their stands down. Now, and there's been a lot of laws and regulations that have changed that can um, that allow you to keep, actually keep your stand out there for a lot longer. Um, yep. But then you're bringing your sticks in, right? Because you're not you're not letting people climb up to it. All. You're not leaving your sticks in the tree. So this is a pretty invaluable tool as a, as a public land hunter to to kind of slip in unnoticed and, and be very quiet, which is a big deal. It's hard to do. You're clunking around. You got a lot of gear. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it's one of those, another one of those products that that helps you stack the odds more in your favor uh, than in the buck's favor. Yeah. You're coming in silent. You're able to check your trail cam right away. You guys have the, yeah. the weather resist, weather resistant carrying cases for your SD cards. I mean, you got a lot of these kind of little tight niche angles kind of covered and handled. I like the way you're approaching it with this really kind of like honed in focus on a couple things before you move on to the next. You're not trying to like do everything. You're not trying to be a Gander Mountain Correct. overnight or at Gander Mountain's closed. I don't know. <laughs> not trying to be Gander like, Outdoors now. Yeah, Gander Outdoors. Yeah, you're not trying to be one of them overnight and just, what else can we sell on our website? You're taking a really methodical yeah. approach to adding, adding value, making sure that, hey, this product is tested first. We've used it ourselves. This is what we think. This is what we like. And then you deploy it. And you deploy it for a fair price yeah. to, the, to the common hunter, hence your name. Dude, I, yeah, the more we talk, the more I'm what... becoming a believer in what you're doing. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's the whole motto behind it is is um, the common hunter is, is that's what we are. Uh, speaking of the cases, um, you know we have uh, we released so we had the weather we had the weather resistant carrying case uh, trophy for the trophy viewers to store your trophy viewers in their USB cards, electronics, or you know any other hunting products. And then we came out. We wanted to come out with just an SD card slot where you can store your SD cards, and uh, they had slots for them. So we came out with this aluminum one. And uh, my partner, Nick, he's, uh, you know, he's not very organized. I'm more organized than he is, and he's not very organized. Well, uh, one day he was, um, I don't know, checking his stroke hands or something, and he forgot, or he lost, dropped his, uh, the aluminum SD card case that holds S8, that holds eight SD cards. And uh, he was backing on his driveway, and he drove it over. Oh, and this was totally accident. Like, he didn't plan any of this. And he realized it after he left and came home, and he grabbed it, and none of his cards were broke. That's so cool. I, I mean, those are terrible because that shit that, happens. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, do it, like but if you do it, there's a good chance it'll be okay. Yeah, there's a good chance it'll be okay. So that was, that was pretty funny to when he when he called me and told me that. That's great. That's cool, man. You, got, you guys got a lot of neat stuff going on. You know, hopefully the, the new site launches and that kind of keeps um, kind of propelling what you're doing and get some of your stuff yeah, we out there some more. Yeah, we have lots of ideas we want to come out with, um, some cool things that, that are just, you know, we, we try to keep it simple and effective. We want simple and effective products um, to the common hunter. And there's only two of us running this company. It's just me and Nick. So it's not like we're this huge company and you know we got this huge nice office and none of that two guys yeah, trying to grow a business here yeah. we've, we've uh, already established you got a so, dell inspiron right <laughs> yeah yeah it's a dell inspiron man it's just an i3 it's nothing special yeah um so we've had some great friends along the way and other people that's helped us and 
But, uh, you know, we have some products in the future we want to come out with that are simple and effective products. It's just a matter of getting these products going and then investing that capital that we get uh, to come out with those. That's freaking cool. That's super cool. So there's some things kind of to look forward to as you keep trudging along here. Are you guys um, doing the whole, like, so I don't know how many know this, but, like, I follow, I've said this on my podcast and some others I've been on, but, like, I, I get pretty obsessive about some business stuff, and I listen to a lot of business podcasts. I listened to one the other day where they were talking about Jeff Bezos, the founder uh, of Amazon, right? Of Amazon, yep. And yep. Uh, they were talking about how when he started it, right, they were just selling books, and um, yeah. he would be on his hands and knees packaging these books up on the floor. And at some point... Correct. And they were doing this for a while, and he turned to one of his, I don't know, like whoever the, one of the employees was, right? Someone that was on a small, small team at that time, and said, "Hey, man, we got to get some knee pads." And they said, "We got to get some shipping shelves." <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, he's man. At that point, then we started to really scale because we weren't, you know, doing all this. So, are you doing a lot of that too? You guys are obviously kind of you're you're on Amazon, and some of your products have like a lot of reviews. We talked about that in the beginning a little bit, but you know, 109 reviews, 200 some reviews for some of the, so like, and they're good reviews they are highly rated reviews. So that's great to see. I have to imagine that, you know, you're spending a lot of time packing up boxes, hey? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's one of the battles is uh, the shipping, uh, maintaining inventory and then shipping to Amazon. Cause we're all, we're all prime. Prime fulfills all of our orders. Oh my so, gosh. So it comes through and you're like, so, okay, I got to go. Yeah. do this right now yeah well it's like the inventory thing is is we can keep track of what we sell on our website ebay some are shipped from home shipped from our office but the stuff we sell we sell on amazon it's just like oh, oh there goes the box and you forget to mark it down before you know it you're, you're trying to you know control your inventory and you're you're already you're trying to keep as lean as possible um because you're trying to keep the cash to invest in the future things and so you know, it's just parts of growing a business and, you know, you, you, you learn to love it, but you also learn to hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. So, you know, at some point you can hire for that, but, but you know, when you're in your growth stage, you're kind of like, well, we can paint someone else. I can do it myself. I'm just not going to sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Am Amazon's, uh, Amazon's been great to us. Um, you know, that's where we started our first year mainly. Our first year was, uh, mainly on Amazon and, and we did great. Um, but that's that's a tough platform to sell on as, as well. And, and, and as we continue into 2019 and 2020 and 2021, it's only going to get tougher to sell on because Amazon is mandating more and more things and it's getting more and more competitive and your margins are getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. Yeah. So um, the reviews were, were fought for too. Um, we, you know, we'd send hours of emailing customers Um every night just boom 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 well that's just the thing and people it. people are real it's quick to too. say when they're pissed off about something but not so much when it's going well. oh yes because if it's going well then they're, they're happy no. you know i joke yeah, I, exactly I, right yeah man so i like i joke but this is a real thing that happened this isn't a joke so like i worked when i was in college i worked at uh one of the major cell phone carriers at one of their call centers and i eventually got into my new position of tier two tech support which is funny and laughable because i don't know anything about tech so you know, I don't know why they thought they put me in that room, but, um, yep. you know, so I, I fielded a call and, uh, I'm like, God, oh, can I get your, you know, information? like, so look at your account, whatever. And they're like, I'm just calling to say good job. I'm like, I'm sorry, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Wow. And, and I'm like, what, what do you mean? I, well, is there something I can do for you? Like, what is it that you want? Right. What are you going to complain about? And they're like, no, I'm just yep. calling to yep. say, I'm happy with the service. I'm like, 
should I note this in your account? Like they couldn't understand that. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? And it was the only call out of my, you know, almost three years doing that um, where someone had called to say good job every single yeah. other call. And there were hundreds of probably thousands of them that I fielded where yeah, people oh, just called it. I couldn't imagine, plane, you know, and it's, yeah, I get it, dude. So I, that's interesting. And that's just it too. The people that are going to leave the negative ones are always loud and, and they're ready to write the worst thing in the world. I don't know what the deals with that. So you got to like respond to those yeah. diplomatically, of course. Yeah. We, it's hard. Yeah. You know, if you look at every negative review on our Amazon, um, I mean, maybe I've missed one or two, but I have responded to every single one. Yeah. And basically it's like, you know, get a hold of me and I will make this right. Like we understand your money you know, is very important to you. And so we want to make sure that your money's well spent with Common Hunter. Um, and most of the time they do, they do message you. And we get it figured out and I ask them to take the review down and they take it down and everyone's happy. That's cool. You know, as I say, you can't be a real business without a couple negative reviews though, because every now and again, you're going to get your crackpots out there, right? So <laughs> like... Oh yeah. yeah. Just... Even if the product works great, yeah. it's not meeting their expectations in some way, somehow, they're going to leave yeah. a negative review. Yeah. Preconceived so. notions of what it ought to do. And it's like, well, I, what do you want me to do? I don't know where you came up with that idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing in business I learned at a young age, my dad, you know, like you said, he said, you're going to be in business, son. You're never going to make everybody happy. Yeah, you just and, can't. Uh, that's how you know you're doing good. No, nope. because <laughs> then you've reached enough yeah. people to be a real business. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Super cool. So what's your what's your uh, I don't know. I asked this question, but what's I say the word memorable. Uh, what's your most memorable hunt? Um, that's a good question there. Um, so I have one in particular in Ohio. Um, so we've been hunting Ohio public land me and my dad and some friends since 2008. So this will be our 10th year um, of hunting Ohio public land. I was, uh, when we first started hunting that, I was 16 years old. I was a junior in high school and uh, they took me out of school for for a week and went down and hunted Ohio public land. And, That's cool. Uh, you know, I, I grew up playing sports, so I didn't really have a lot of time to hunt. Um, so, you know, I didn't know what to expect. We got down there. Um, we got down there. You know, everything went went great. I ended up shooting deer, and then the next year went back down there. My senior, I was 17 years old. Go down there, and we have this spot picked out. And we hang our stands in the same same spot we were the year before. We get back in there and we we set up and um, sat there. I think one one afternoon, and then uh, we were going back in the next morning. I get in there the next morning and I'm sitting there, a little four point comes through and I'm shooting an old Darton. I don't know if you know, do you know anything oh, about Darton bows? So my first bow was a Darton Viper dual cam. So I know okay. something about Darton's, yeah. Yes. So uh, Darton's obviously a Michigan company and this bow was probably mid 90s, late yeah. 90s. I, I, just, I don't remember the name of it. I sold it for 100 bucks. But uh, I was shooting this, this single pin Darton. And it was like 10:30. I was getting antsy, and pretty soon I look to my right and I see a buck, and I thought it was the same four point. And so the buck like standing there, so I pull the binocs up. It's like we're in the thick stuff. It's probably 40 yards, and I'm like, holy cow, it's a big buck. And uh, he kind of he kind of comes in. And I don't know if he got my wind or whatever, and he he kind of walked back out. So I hit the grunt tube. You know, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Hit the rattle bag. 
And pretty soon I look, and there he is. And I'm like, what the heck? So he came back. And then so I'm sitting there, and the buck circled back and went right back to where he came from again. Hmm. So I hit the grunt tube, and, and I hit the rattle bag one more time. And now I've only ever killed one deer with my bow before this. And it was uh, on a Saturday football game Friday night. went out Saturday night. And right at, right at dark, a doe, I thought it was a spike, a doe came in, and I shot it, and I Texas hard shot it. I don't know if you know what a Texas hard shot is. No, tell me that. Sorry, I don't know what that is. So, so youpers uh, call Texas hard shots is when they shoot them right in the butt and it hits that main artery. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that was a that was a Texas. I, I shot it and uh, I'm like, oh, I got it, you know. And and uh, so I get my dad. And my dad comes out and we track it and blood just spilling all over. And he's like, son, you put a good shot, you know. <laughs> we get up to it and I shot it right, right in the back ham, but. Um, so I'm not a, I'm not an experienced archer at all, and so finally I rattle the last time and this buck comes in and he's committing to me, and he comes probably 18 yards, and uh, the buck's actually hanging in my office right here, um, but I pull back the dart and bow and you know I put it on where I think it should have went and I pulled the trigger, and thwack I hit this buck and he takes off, well now my dad is hunting 250 yards from me. And, uh, so what do I do? You know, I'm so pumped up. I, I get down from my stand and I literally run through the woods sprinting all my hunting clothes, my bow. And, you know, I'm coming up to my dad's tree stand. The only thing I can see him doing is looking at me like, what are you doing? You know, I'm yelling, like, hey, my hunt, yeah. dad, dad, I got this buck, you know? And, you know, he comes, down, he comes down, we were pumped up. He was excited. You know, I ruined his hunt and, and uh, we ended up finding the deer like 20 yards later, and we drug it out, and I gutted it out, and um, and to this day, this buck's still hanging on my wall. And uh, so it's one of those hunts, you know, you don't when you first really got into it, and you got the the itch, man. That's when I was like, archery hunting was it. That's that's what I stuck to. That's so super that's pretty cool. cool. That's a good story, man. Thanks for sharing that one. That's awesome. Dad, 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 sprint. That yeah. sounds like something I do. I've done that without the sprinting part of the walkie-talkie. Man, it's like I can't slow down. I can't hear you. Put the walkie-talkie down. <laughs> the gun. What are you doing? I'm, like, oh, I'm just so excited, you know. And I talk yeah. fast. My dad can never understand me. He's like, slow down. And I don't know how to slow down. I'm all. And, you know, I'm totally <laughs> <going>. <laughs> so I can totally relate. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Ohio. We've hunted public land down there since 2008, like I said, and. I mean, those, and it's tough hunting, don't be wrong, but uh, those memories we made down there, um, you know, lowest of lows, highest of highs, um, it's, it's something that is, you know, those moments are, are really what matters in life. Um, those moments spent with your dad and, and time down there and, and doing what you love to do. So it, it's good times. We do it every year, regardless if we have another out-of-state hunt. Like last year, we went week in Missouri and then drove all the way across the Midwest to a week in Ohio. Wow, man, that's cool. That's super cool. How many other states have you hunted? I've only ever, I'm sorry, uh, for deer, I've only ever hunted Michigan, Ohio, and Missouri. Okay. So I haven't hunted, uh, haven't hunted Wisconsin or, or, or my brother lives in Minnesota. So I've, you know, determined to make it over there one year. And my sister now lives in Colorado. So we'll be making it out there one year. Um, so, but those three states are the only ones I've ever hunted. Uh, white tails in 
That's cool. It's more states than I've ever hunted whitetail, and I've exclusively hunted them here in Wisconsin. So I've been invited to the UP, actually, the UP on our side on Wisconsin. My wife's family is from up there, and they've invited me, like, the last two years, and I think they want me to come up this year again, too, and I haven't made it. You know, it's just, like, the timing is it's getting trickier and trickier now that i got a little one at home, and, you know, it's just yeah. it's hard to break away even for my own hunting season here. So I, I really want to go up there. They do it different. You know, they got, you know... Um, up style i don't know i don't know if that's the same everywhere yeah. here, but it's different the, than what i'm used to and it looks like a ton of fun yeah the, the tradition of uh you know camps in michigan whitetail hunting <laughs> the you know the opener rifle is it, it's something special man it's you know it's uh, i would say it's yeah I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it it's just like the spirit of the people that think about opening day rifle season is what makes it super special. And, it, yeah. and and I know it's probably similar in Wisconsin and Minnesota, but I don't think it's the same anywhere else in the Midwest. I would probably agree with that. I know, I know it's crazy here. You know, I obviously, and I've heard the same about Michigan. Um, one thing that you mentioned when you and I were talking before though, is, you know, we were talking about scouting and this and that and how scouting in the UP is not even, similar or remotely close to what scouting in wisconsin or the lower portion of michigan is like because you guys have so much snow yeah it's um you know this you know i obviously i handle a lot of social media and stuff for common hunter and and so i see a lot of stuff in regards to shed hunting and scouting and trying to get out after the end of the season and you know hunting in northern michigan is challenging alone let alone it's hard to scout. So, for example, a lot of guys like to go out in January, December, or January, February to you know, look at beds and see where, where bucks are bedding. You can't do that in northern Michigan. You can't do that in UP. We got three, four foot of snow. Um, and then, you know, shed hunting is another one of mine is um, Michigan shed hunting is tough. Not this past year because we, we actually had snow on April 24th this past year. You guys probably had it in Wisconsin there, too. Um, that late snow yeah, that I came in did. this, this spring. Well, that screwed up shed season for sure because, you know, we went from snow to green up like that and everything just greened up and it was just like a shed hunt out the window. But the year before that, 20, uh, be the spring of 2017, I walked 38 miles between the upper peninsula and the northern, and northern Mich- northern lower peninsula. And uh, to find one shed, oh, I was on a mission. Gosh, man, you didn't you give can, up. Holy, yeah, you could have died trying on that one. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can find the story on our uh, on our on our website. But I wrote a blog about it. But I, I wanted to find a public land shed, and everything I covered was public land. And my mission was to find that shed, no matter how long it took me. And um, I just started walking, and I started walking where I thought sheds would be. Northern Lower Peninsula, I was walking the edge of swamps, and I was walking in the hardwoods where there's food. And and then we go, me and my cousin, Coop, we go to the UP, and uh, we're walking. In, so in, in the Upper Peninsula, which is very unique to the Upper Peninsula, is deer migrate. So the okay. UP is, in for winter, for snow depths, is broke down in thirds. So the top third, and then the middle third, and then the bottom third. Well, the top third, and I don't know the exact numbers, but the top third gets like 180 inches of snow. The middle third gets 120, and the bottom third gets 80. So what these deer do is the deer that live up by Lake Superior, when the snow hits up there, which typically they're getting a ton of lake effect, those deer migrate all the way down to the southern part of 
the UP, which okay. is right where I'm from. And they, and they all yard up into cedar swamps. So what happens in late November, early December is these deer are migrating 20, 30, 40, 60 miles, 80 miles. It might take them five days to do it, but they're walking. And you come across migration trails that are just, okay. there might be three foot of snow, but they're beat down to dirt because there's so many deer funneling down them and they got to get south to survive the winter. Um, so we walked all these cedar swamps that held all these deer that migrated down in November, early December, middle of December that migrated down from the north to the lower part of the UP. And we walked, we had a river bank. We just walked this river me and my cousin Coot, and we walked it, walked it, and we walked it back to the north. And then and we spent all day. We probably, I think, I got a, I went, I have a video on Facebook. We found like 16 dead deer from the wolves, and uh, wow. you know, just this, yeah, just bones, literally. I mean, not even bones, hair, just sitting there. And um, and then ended up, we did all that. Never found a shed on like 16 dead deer. And then I came back down, I came back downstate. And uh, ended up finding a pretty nice buck off the left side of a, it's like a two and a half, three and a half year old eight point at uh, 36 miles. So it's pretty exciting. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still got the shed. I, I always tell my buddies, I said, you know, my house can burn down, but as long as I got this shed, I, I don't care. Everything else can burn. It's a hard earned <laughs> shed. I don't even think I have that yeah. much time logged total looking for sheds. <laughs> I, I love shed hunting but i look at you know i look at all these people that find all these sheds and i yeah. get that like that's fun like i i wish i had that but yeah. i don't and so like i wanted to paint the true picture or the you know the the real side to shed hunting on public land in northern michigan that's reality that's yeah, you're not, not just going out for a day shed. and going, dude, I found another one. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah. I don't know where these people, they're clearly in some highly, you know, populated deer, deer dense areas or on their own land. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it because that ain't me. And, and I always think like, well, man, I must just not be looking in the right spots. But, you know, I, I know enough now, you know, I've been at this long enough. I, I have a good sense yes. of what I'm doing. And maybe I'm not looking hard yep. enough because it's really fun to be out there too. You know, I'll bring my dog and he runs around. It's just a good time. But I'm more about just getting out there than I am finding anything. But if I find something, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's. I, I mean, I love shit hunting. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do in the spring. But the reality is you're not going to find one. <laughs> yep, you're just out there. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. You're out there scouting for, for fall, basically. Well, Thanks for, for taking, you know, time out of your busy schedule. We, you probably could have got, you know, a bunch of product boxed up in this time frame. So I appreciate you doing it <laughs> on the show. And, um, you know, for those that are listening, again, it's Common Hunter. Uh, Dave DeRussia is our, is our guest today. And, um, you know, if you go to, if you want to check out some of the products, go to commonhunter.com. If you, if you don't want to do that and maybe just go on your smartphone, whether it's an iPhone, Android, just go to the Amazon app and type in Common Hunter, and you can see most of their stuff there, too, as well as the new Assassin Straps or Assassin Wrap, um, two foot wide by 23 feet um, to silence your gear. And then you guys are on Instagram and Facebook, so if you just type in Common Hunter, I'm sure you'll pop up, but I think your Facebook is Common Hunter, and the Instagram one is Common underscore Hunter, and, you know, I follow you guys yeah. on both, I believe, so it's been a pleasure, man. I'm, I'm glad yeah. to take time today. Sure. For for all the Snapchat users, we're on Snapchat too. Oh, all right. Uh, oh, God, that's the first. 
<laughs> Good yeah, deal. we're not. Uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty active on it. We we try to show behind the scenes stuff, um, you know, what we do and, and the hunting that we do. So check that out as well. Super cool. Well, rock on, man. I appreciate you taking time again, like I mentioned, and uh, stay in touch. You know, I, I look forward to buying some of your stuff here. Yeah, you're welcome, Eric. Thanks for thanks for having us. Absolutely. Have a good night. So if you made it this far, you must really want to hear my tip of the week. And if you've heard my tip of the week, it's usually a pretty generic tip of the week. Um, I used to spend a lot of time trying to really add value in this section and, uh, you know, I hope to get back to that place. But for time's sake, you know, I just try to leave people with a final thought. And my tip of the week this week, you know, um, as a public land hunter and not just myself, I'm speaking as a, for a lot of public land hunters, we always say go the extra mile or go farther, go deeper. Um, yes, totally agree. In addition to that and, or I should say, um, sometimes going farther in a shorter distance can still actually happen. And what I mean by that is if you're walking down, uh, you know, a, a logging trail or a beat down path or whatever, um, that could go on for two, five miles, whatever. That could go on for a long time. And you may have gotten a lot farther in, but because it was an easy path, um, a desire path or the path, the path of least resistance, you know, so you've gone farther, but so did everybody else because it was easy. So uh, my dad taught me this, I think, and maybe he, I don't know that he meant to or whatever, but we would go down such a path and then we would just, just at any point, um, veer off and it was almost always the point where it were, there was the most freaking pricker bushes and buckthorn and um you know the the burrs that stick on you but not like the the bushy ones those too but the ones that have like those little two prongs that just get everywhere um you know and and if you don't come out of that stuff with some spiders on you and burrs everywhere and scratches all on the back of your hand for some reason it's always, it's always the back of your hand that gets just scratched to shit um you don't have to go as far necessarily geographically speaking but going through something very thick can certainly separate you from other hunters that aren't willing to go through that kind of stuff now the same can be said for water i know dan infault i've had him on the show a couple of times and i read his stuff and, and pay attention to him a lot more than um, i ever have and uh, he'll say you know water is a big deterrent for other hunters but i think some of those other things are uh, as far as vegetation are also so you know just keep that in mind if you if you're willing to get through some of that stuff or if you have the clothes for it i know certain hunting clothes are better at going through that kind of stuff than others but like i've lost a lot of ads and poked out almost lost my eye and poked out my eye a couple times and i've definitely scratched the crap out of my hands and come out of it with a couple different spiders on me etc um but that's when i know i'm going somewhere where i don't think other people have gone that being said i'm also a, a bit polish and so there very well may have been a much easier path to get to where I was going. And I just took the, you know, the four wheel drive version of that. <laughs> so there, there's some truth to what I'm saying, maybe, but if you've ever gone through Buckthorn and those burrs and these weird long cats, I mean, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. And you know that in my mind, that has to be something that does separate us um, hunters from some public gun hunters from the ones that maybe are just going to keep walking that easy path. Um, that say maybe they've gone farther, but necessarily haven't actually gotten themselves separated from any other hunters. So that's my tip of the week. Hopefully that's a decent one. Um, nothing special or crazy. There's no silver bullets. So uh, thanks for listening this week. Again, if you could give us a rating on iTunes, that'd be fantastic. It's pretty easy to do when you're in the uh, iTunes app. 
um, but or wherever you are listening to the podcast. The rating's cool. If you got something to say about it, I really respect and appreciate that also. Again, that's my motivation. It keeps me going. I'm not making money doing this podcast, so your feedback it really is my fuel. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day in Hunt Public.